we are all focused on keeping ourselves and our kids healthy. In today's episode, you are going to hear several ways that you can step up your game and make sure that you make it through this winter's flu and cold season in a healthy way. Stay tuned. Listeners, I know that you sometimes feel like your home is bursting with the boundless energy of your boys. Mine has been for a very long time. We want to tell you about Home Threads, where style meets the wild adventures of raising boys. At HomeThreads.com, you can find a collection of uh, furniture and home accessories designed to meet the needs of your growing boy family. They have everything from durable bunk beds to upscale gaming tables. You can turn your home into an attractive, durable playground, believe it or not. Uh, Janet and I both love their baking dishes. Solid, beautiful, functional. Anything you need for your home, you can likely find on homethreads.com, and we have a discount code for you. Go to homethreads.com slash onboys. You can get a code for 15% off your first order, because every leap, laugh, and loud moment deserves a space that embraces the chaos with style. Home Threads, love where you live. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Keeping our kids healthy is a priority, but also along with that is keeping ourselves healthy and sane. And we have an app that is going to help you do that. Cozy, C-O-Z-I, is an app that helps you bring together everyone's schedules into one place. It helps you with meal planning. You can stand in the middle of the grocery store and ask yourself, what am I making for dinner tonight? Open that Cozy app and you will find menu planning ideas, grocery lists, and your kids may have even put in the app some things that they need for their lunches and snacks. So get organized, get all of your family details in one place where you can share it across everyone's devices. And hey, while you're at it, schedule a movie night for you and your parenting partner. That's Cozy, C-O-Z-I. Thanks for joining us here at On Boys. And now this episode. Janet. Did you know that boys may be more vulnerable to respiratory illnesses than girls? Oh my gosh, our boys. I right? tell you. Yes. It goes so contrary to the societal message that we get that our boys are strong, our boys are mm-hmm. tough, right? But one of the things that has surprised me as a mom of boys and as I, I dig into health research for my job is that from pre-birth all the way through life, Males are biologically more vulnerable. All yes. kinds of things can happen. And we yeah. forget that sometimes. We do. We know that boys are more likely to be miscarried than girls. Boys are more likely to have health issues around birth than girls. And so I don't know where we got this notion that boys are more tough than girls. I think right. it's outdated. Let's, let's be done with that. 
But meanwhile, let's keep our kids healthy. All of right. our kids. So now that we are at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are in cold, flu, respiratory virus, ick season. Um, listeners, have your guys gotten sick yet this fall or winter? Because my family has, everybody has. We have had definitely really bad colds. We have had what may or may not have been COVID for a couple of my kids who don't live with me anymore. I know that there's RSV going around in my community right now. Like all this stuff is out there and parents, you know how incredibly inconvenient all of this can be for your life. Not that it's all about you, but let's face it. The family staying healthy benefits us all. This episode, we are going to do a deep dive into a health topic that affects boys, affects your families. We are going to talk today about keeping your family safe, safer from respiratory viruses. Some of you listeners know that I am an RN, I'm a health writer, and joining us today, we also have a special guest. We have Jim Rathburn. He is the CEO of LCP Medical Technologies. He is an inventor, an engineer, and important for our audience, a dad and grandpa to boys. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. So just tell us a little bit um, about yourself and your experience. You have two sons. I believe they are currently 18 and 25, correct? Correct. So you have had personal experience with the sick days and kids home from school and that whole deal. Yes, uh, very much so. Over And now it's spilling into uh, my grandchildren. It's been an interesting situation with COVID. We just experienced some cold-like symptoms with, with the, the little ones as they go back to school. It's really hard to tell the difference between COVID and some of the other um, things that are going around. You kind of have to act as if for when it starts, right? And just get yourself in isolation and do the testing and let people know. The prognosis was for hand to mouth, uh. RSV, scarlet fever, strep croup, and no COVID. So <laughs> yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the spread of all these different viruses in, in the community, especially when the kids go back to school, um, is really important to, to not only protect the kids themselves, even though they're, they're probably less likely to end up in the hospital or, or have a, a life-threatening disease. They encounter a lot of other people. Sometimes they, they can spread it without knowing it. So Right. Um, Let's, I remember being so concerned about that. And actually, uh, my parents winter in Arizona. And one of my kids almost didn't get to say goodbye to them this year because he had, you know, cough, congestion, and it probably wasn't COVID based on a lot of things, but there wasn't time yet to test. And my mom, she can get sick if she's, you know, a football field away from somebody with a cold. So we don't want to take those chances. Especially when you're in, in high exposure settings. One of the things that um, has been interesting across the country is, is do kids wear masks in school and do teachers wear masks in school? That's where a lot of the uh, community spread happens, um, and it when the, the kids bring it home, it ends up with the rest of the family and with the parents and then the grandparents and the ch church community and, and the, the right. sports communities, and, and there's all kinds of situations. I mean, nobody wants to wear a mask, um, but I think societally we are have reached a, a new normal where 
wearing a mask is important in, in some situations. So let's talk about some of that. Uh, you know, over the last two years, most people have learned a lot about infection transmission and respiratory viruses, uh, more probably than we ever wanted to know. But I think that there's still a lot of misunderstanding about how respiratory viruses spread and how best to prevent transmission of you know, colds, influenza, RSV, COVID. I don't really think that uh, we helped anything by all this emphasis on sanitizing surfaces and hand hand washing is good. I'm not going to say hand washing isn't good, but we had so much emphasis on like cleaning things early in the pandemic. So what can you tell us? What do we know about how these respiratory viruses are spread? What have we learned and what are more effective means of preventing transmission and, you know, passing it on to grandma or the church? Yes. Uh, first of all, I, I'm not an, a doctor. I'm an engineer. So um, I look at things from the, the technical perspective. Where, where our product started was in the beginning of the pandemic, nurses like yourself and healthcare workers around the world, uh, they were dying every day. And they were forced to wear N95 respirators, uh, which are, are horrible to wear uh, for anything more than a, a minute. Um, I can vouch for that, people. <laughs> I can vouch for it. And they're only effective if they're, they're really smashed to your face and seal well. And we had a, just opened a, a brand new factory in uh, the Minneapolis area focused on high speed, um, very um, high technology printed circuits. So uh, we opened the, the factory in January of 2020 and we ended up closing the factory in March of 2020 because of the um, COVID outbreak. So we took some time um, with um, our engineers and said, we have all this great technology. Is there something we can do to help these healthcare uh, workers um, protect themselves? And uh, the, the first product we came up with is a medical grade alternative to an N95 respirator and, um, and some big comfort and usage improvements, but it can be reused a thousand times and uh, we've embedded some of our circuit technology into the, the respirator filters so that the virus is eliminated. So oh, most, of the, most, most of the, the, the face covering and, and respirators, they, they try to filter the virus. Right. And ironically, the virus is so much smaller than, than the filters themselves that um, many of the, the medical grade respirators rely on static electricity to attract the, the virus. So the main transmission method has been better understood today that it is an airborne virus. It doesn't really travel on its own. Uh, it travels in particles of moisture. So in the beginning of, of COVID, right? I mean, this was a new thing to the world and, and nobody really knew what was going on. And initially, you know, you talked about the healthcare providers with the N95s. At first, there were things going around on the internet, like here's how to use an old t-shirt to make a mask, wear a right. bandana. There was not enough personal protective equipment in the hospitals. And at that point in time, something was better than nothing, I Correct. guess was the thinking. And initially it was thought that COVID especially was uh, spread in respiratory droplets that you had to almost look, spit and, you know, spray. And that was how it was. And increasingly 
we've learned that it can also be airborne. It can stay in the air. It can linger in the air. And what you said about masks, that's where, you know, I think listeners, you started seeing some of these news stories about like, well, are these masks even really effective? Because this is an extremely small virus. Can it keep out a virus this small? And then you saw and heard news stories saying, well, yes, because it's better. It's definitely better than nothing. It's keeping a lot out. As you well know, Jim, we have since evolved and learned more about masks. What's most effective? Nobody's telling people to wear t-shirt masks anymore. And I have even seen some news stories saying that, you know, cloth masks are really not what we should probably be using at this point in time. If people are interested in protecting themselves and their families, you know, and don't want to waste money on things that don't work, what characteristics should people be looking for in a mask? What we evolved to is, as I mentioned, we we created a product for the healthcare people. The rest of us in society were mandated to wear masks in all public settings. So then we thought, well, what about the rest of us? How can we protect, especially um, as you just mentioned, the, the, the cloth masks and other alternatives, um, they do almost nothing to protect against an airborne virus. They do help keep you from touching your face and your nose. Um, but the, um, the, the, the virus starts out maybe in a, in a a larger moisture droplet. And um, our air is full of moisture to start with. So th- that's really the dangerous part is the, the airborne moisture particles, uh, if they contain a virus, uh, they can spread around a room very easily, um, especially when you're in high concentration situations. Right now, airports and, and school settings are, are two areas where people are just close together. Mm-hmm. Um, sports events, entertainment events. The way we chose to to look at the situation with the general consumer was how do we create some high level of protection as well as uh, make it comfortable to wear for long periods of time. So if you're just wearing something for the to to go to the grocery store for 10 minutes, um, then having a high-tech mask is probably not super necessary. Um, but if you are working in an office or in a, a situation where uh, you need to wear a mask all day. Um, or on having, a cross-country flight, for instance. Exactly. And I won't get on a plane without using one of our masks. When you look at what the general public is wearing, probably half of them are surgical masks because they're inexpensive and, and they think that because they say surgical that they're um, protection. Um, and those are those, those like blue ones that you see correct. people wearing. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and those are intended for uh, keeping splashes of liquids off of your face. And they, they have some filtration capability, but they don't seal to your face and they provide almost zero protection against COVID. Um, then there is wider variety of, of N95 or KN95 mm-hmm. type masks, and, and um, those are much better. Um, but they, they also, um, in order to provide the level of protection that, that they require, um, it has to be fit well to your face. And when it fits well to your face, that means it's harder to breathe. And that's something that I've always wondered about, too, when I do see people wearing like an N95 or a KN95 in public. I know that when I was working as a nurse, we had to do fit testing. 
you know, we had to put the mask on and they had this, it was like a sweet something and they kind of put it around the mask and you had to see if you could smell and almost taste it. It was like a sugary thing. I don't think people are doing that when they're ordering N95 off of the internet. Absolutely not. And again, it is the standard of care uh, or the standard of protection. I just um, had a, a, an Executive's Insight article in Modern Healthcare um, last month um, where the, the subject of the article was the, the people that came up with the N95 standard uh, for healthcare people to wear, uh, they don't have to wear those themselves. So, uh, <laughs> Isn't that always the story? Healthcare people are, are people too. They're, they're moms and dads and aunts and uncles and, and brothers and sisters. The, one of the big fears with the healthcare people was they're exposed to hundreds and hundreds of people that may or may not have COVID and they can bring it home and not right. know it. So um, having something that is not a medical grade, you know, a hospital situation is different because uh, for, for liability and all kinds of other reasons, um, hospitals require um, staff and employees to wear something that's FDA or NIOSH uh, approved. Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense. Um, so uh, that is one area that we focused on is to try to improve that situation. But that nurse or doctor or healthcare person, they're going to and from work. They're living their normal day-to-day -day lives and they need to have protection that's better than a cloth or a surgical mask. So that's where we came up with our consumer product that um, is super comfortable to wear uh, all day long. And it has uh, um, some filter technology that replicates an N95 uh, rated material in the, in the uh, consumer mask to provide a very high level of protection that's super easy to breathe through. Um, as well as an advanced technology for, for high um, risk environments where we embed um, circuitry within the filter and any moisture particle that um, touches that circuitry, um, the EPA has registered that it will it'll eliminate 99.9% .9 of, of any virus um, or any pathogen including the, the new Delta variants and all the other mm -hmm. um, future variants that, that we will see. That's, that's one of the biggest risks as the vaccinated population becomes larger and larger and, and more time expands. Are we gonna see other variants in the future that um, are more infectious? One of the, the tragedies of this whole COVID situation is that one to 2% of the, of the population that were infected um, they ended up in the hospital. Um, you know very well how horrible it is to be on a ventilator. And mm -hmm. um, many people did not come home. And if one of our, our stories to the government is um, if we have a future variant or future virus that is just as infectious, but more lethal, where 10 to 20% of the, of the population are susceptible, uh, we're in big trouble. And an N95 respirator or a cloth mask or a surgical mask is not even close to good enough against something that wants to kill you. That's why we added the, the anti-pathogen technology to the, the consumer mask as well, because the, the best way to protect the healthcare people 
is to prevent their patients from becoming infected in the first place. I hear from parents all the time how bath time can be such an ordeal. And yet bath time can be really fun. In fact, here in the very cold winter, we use bath time as an activity. Dabble and Dollop has got this dialed in because they have bath products that are not only natural, healthy, free of toxins, all the things we want for our kids, but they're fun. Jen, you said when your boys were young, they loved to make potions. My son, Tyler, had so much fun mixing things together, making potions, recipes. He would have loved Dabble and Dollop's Day at the Beach bath mixing set because it's a collection of soap scents and a little mixing thing and your kids can combine scents and make their own creations. It is exactly the kind of thing that can turn bath time into a fun, enjoyable creative endeavor instead of just a fight. And I will say the bubbles have been bow tested in the bathtub and they last. They stay bubbles for a long time. Dabble and Dollop has everything from bath time shampoos, bubble baths, body washes, conditioners, lotions, bath bombs, bath toys and accessories. There's so many things to explore at Dabble and Dollop. Go to dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys to get 20% off your first order. That's dabbleanddollop.com slash onboys, 20% off for being an onboys listener. So that that's kind of um, a, kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but uh, it, it's all relevant to what we're dealing with today and what we may need to deal with in the future. You know, Janet, I don't know about you, but like before COVID, which doesn't that even seem to think about anymore before COVID back in the before times, I didn't really spend much time thinking about any pandemics that might threaten my way of life. Did you? Uh, did not actually occur to me. No, I have to say it didn't, it was not on my radar at all. And now I know, like, I tend to assume the best. And we're all doing what we can to get on about our lives. But like, the truth is that we've all learned that viruses can emerge and viruses can change over time. And huh, this probably is not going to be the last germ that can really threaten our lives. And I don't just mean our lives in terms of life or death. I mean, like how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I am realizing the value of work like this, Jim, you know, being prepared and okay, there's what we need for now, but we also kind of have to look to the future and be prepared for what might be ahead. When you, in the United States, we're, we're very, very fortunate and, and spoiled in a lot of ways that we have a wonderful healthcare system. Uh, we have wonderful sanitation and um, clean water to drink and um, good housing. I mean, uh, when you look at other areas I mentioned my previous background where uh, we worked with semiconductors companies around the world and um, in, in Asia and some third world countries, this is nothing new to them. Um, they just don't have the, the social aspects that the United States had to uh, deal with. And um, when you, you look at some of the Asian countries, um, they've been wearing masks for years because yeah. of some of the uh, previous outbreaks there. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
that I think helped them deal with the pandemic, but um, they were not spared either. Yeah, and right, yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing these um, impacts to our daily lives with uh, material shortages and, and um, shipping delays and, and products that, that we normally take for granted that we can't get. Uh, a lot of it that doesn't show up in the news is related to the supply chain has been struggling mm -hmm. with COVID mm -hmm. situations yep. um, within their factories and their employees around the world. Yeah. So um, it has a huge impact that's not going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think nobody, like I said earlier, nobody wants to wear a mask. Um, but there are certain times in our lives when um, if you have a really good mask that you know that protects you, you're going to wear it. Not being a medical person, I have a question about, I'm just thinking about, so we've had this year and a half where we've been, you know, in our houses, we haven't been out in big crowds and our kids now are going back to school and like your family, Jen, you know, everybody got sick. Are we more susceptible to say the common cold because we haven't been out there mixing with people? And so therefore, even if you're not as worried about COVID maybe, but a mask could help you prevent some, just the common cold running through your family or it is, flu. It is funny you should say that, Janet, because guess what? So last winter, flu season was next to nothing mm -hmm. compared to previous years. I pulled up some stats uh, and I know that sometimes you get a little bored with stats, but I'm going to share them anyway, right? I think your stats are always interesting, Jen. This you, is why I love you. Bring some some vigor to the stats that is so All right. exciting All for right. our so listeners. Or for here me, we go. Least. Here we go. Influenza cases reported to the World Health Organization dropped to minute levels last year. Mm. And in the United States, there were only 700 deaths from influenza over the last flu season. Compared to typically two years ago, there was 34 deaths. Or it's not 34, 34,000, 34,000. It's often in excess of 20,000. Wow. And um, there, there has been some research supporting exactly what you said, because we were staying away from people and a lot of us were wearing masks when we did see other people last year, there wasn't as much colds, which is one reason why, uh, at least in my community, but also reported in other communities around the country, when kids did go back to school this fall, uh, yes, a lot of kids got colds because we haven't been exposed. We haven't been, our bodies aren't used to fighting that anymore. So I know that I have heard some people say, they plan to keep wearing masks in public mm -hmm. uh, through cold and flu season because they realized they were healthier last year. Like mm -hmm. COVID or no COVID, they just don't want to deal with colds and flu. Is that something that um, you've been hearing anecdotally from people as well, Jim? Oh, yes, definitely. I've been somewhat confused as to how do they designate um, your your infection as COVID versus flu versus RSV versus something that they can't tell really what it is. And the, the testing is is very accurate in some situations and other areas it's not. But the bottom line is um, there's at least 100 different viruses out there that want to 
join your cells. And uh, some of them are relatively benign and, and uh, we don't take them seriously. And some of them can, uh, if, you're, if you're one of the lucky ones that COVID really likes or your body immune system does not um, protect you very well against, that's a huge threat that we haven't seen in our, at least in my lifetime right. um, compared to in the past. So just standing in, in line at the grocery store or um, kids on the school bus or kids in the classroom or in the lunchroom or going through an airport or going to a clinic. Yeah. Those are high risk areas where you don't know the people, you don't know um, whether they're infect, infected or there's something um, floating around in the atmosphere. It doesn't take much just to wear a protective mask that can prevent you from getting something that you're not aware of. Okay, so I do not want to continue to waste my money buying masks that may or may not be that effective. And a lot of us have already purchased a lot of masks in an effort to find something that fits, that works, that's kind of comfortable, that we can live with. Tell me about your the masks that you have available for consumers. What are they? How are they different? And I mean, why would I want to consider buying another mask? So that is a really important question to us. So um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm an engineer and um, really the whole purpose of a mask is to prevent you from um, breathing in something that you don't want to breathe in. Um, therefore, you need to focus on the areas that you breathe, your nose and your mouth. There's two aspects to protection. Number one is, are you protecting yourself? And number two, are you protecting others around you? Mm-hmm. So having a, a mask that's uncomfortable to wear and that you don't have confidence in, it really defeats the purpose in a lot of cases. So our goal was to have something that is very, very comfortable to wear um, if you're in a long duration situation, um, as well as something that is uh, very protective. So we have, uh, um, we have several um, ways that we tried to address the problems with masks where uh, they don't fit well. So we have neoprene technology that, that seals the, the mask against your face um, without uh, needing to crush the fibers against your face. Ah. Um, uh, the neoprene structure also, uh, it's, it's non-permeable, so the airflow does not go through that material, and that adds extra protection and helps seal so that we drive the airflow where we want it to go. We have two versions of a consumer mask. One is called the, the frontline mask, um, and that has replaceable filters that uh, when you install the filter, it creates a, an air chamber in front of your face. That air chamber holds the material away from your face, so it's not touching your face. That's so one you don't that... have that when I try and talk, I'm like sucking my mask into my mouth? Exactly. If you wear makeup, it doesn't smudge your makeup. Um, I Jim, personally... Jim, we've all stopped wearing makeup <laughs> under our mask. It's just, not... who's going to see it, right? Um, the, the thing that really, me personally, it bugs me uh, when the mask is touching my face. Yeah. And, um, so... Having that feature where it holds the, the um, material away from your face helps make it a lot more comfortable. And there's multiple different filter types depending on your situation. So uh, if you're an exerciser and um, you, you're going to the gym, 
Yeah. Um, we have a sport filter that's, it, there's always a balancing act between making it super filtered and still be able to breathe through it. Right. So the baseline product we have uses factory tested N95 material that um, is placed inside the consumer mask. So we, we're not claiming that it's an N95 respirator, but the material itself is tested to um, meet the same level of filtration. The, the third type is the version that I mentioned where uh, we embed the um, circuitry within, directly within the filter. So you get the benefit of the filtration, but any of the, the virus particles that, that encounter that filter, um, they're eliminated. They're not just held within the filter. So um, one, of the, one of the issues with, with any mask or any respirator, if you yourself have an infection and you're breathing through it out, mm -hmm. um, that mask is contaminated and uh, that respirator is contaminated. If you're in an environment where you're breathing it in, um, you may be somewhat protected from the filtration, but, but the, the mask or respirator is contaminated. So when you take that mask off, you are contaminating yourself. So having the ability to capture and eliminate those viruses is something that we've added technology to a, a conventional cloth mask. So uh, we're also focused on domestic manufacturing. One of the challenges we had with, with PPE supplies is that everything was made in China. Yep, and overseas, and then we had shipping issues. So we focused on being able to make, uh, we're very blessed in the, in the Minneapolis area to have a lot of um, manufacturing capabilities focused on the medical industry. So uh, we were able to create some manufacturing processes that um, enable us to build um, very high technology products for a relatively low cost with some automation that can produce products that um, are, are affordable without having to rely on the supply chain issues with um, containers coming from overseas. So, I got two questions. Yes. Okay. If you're talking about, you know, these consumer masks and comfortable, and then you're mentoring embedded circuitry. And as a mom, one of the things I want to know is, can I throw these things in the washing machine? We recommend to hand wash and air dry. Anything that is a stitched or stoned product, when it yeah. goes into the washing machine, that can challenge the construction. And actually the dryer is worse than the washer. Yeah. So, that's one of the reasons why the, the filtration is removable so that uh, you can take that out and uh, wash it. My daughter, for example, she works in a grocery store and she's expected to uh, wear a mask every day. What her pattern is, is she has two or three masks, one she washes, um, and then she has a fresh mask every day, and then she can put a fresh filter in every day that may be more hassle than, than what the average person wants to deal with. Um, but if you take the virus seriously and you're in an environment where you may become infected and it, it's worth it to have something that actually protects you and still is comfortable to wear throughout the entire day. So um, back to your question about washing, we, we recommend hand washing and then the masks last maybe 30 to 50 times. Okay. Um, if you, if you wash it in a washing machine and dry it in a tumble dryer, um, you may have a one-time use. Yeah, so. that's fair. You know, if, 
when you talked about how it affects the stitching and the construction, uh, Janet, I'm gonna ask you a personal question here. Do you hand wash and line dry your bras? No. Yeah, me neither. And uh, <laughs> they say that you're supposed to, but I'm sure. lazy. Yeah. But yeah. you know what I have started doing? And I wonder if like a busy parent might not be able to split this difference. I now like the nice ones, the ones that I like, I will put in the washing machine on gentle and then I will hang them to dry. There you like, go. I know that you can't say that that's ideal, Jim. And I, I fully understand that hand washing may be best, but sometimes I do look for shortcuts. If you don't have the opportunity to wash and dry it, one of the things that's very beneficial is um, you can replace a filter and still increase your level of protection okay. until, until you have the opportunity to, to wash it. Mm -hmm. So where can I see your masks if I want to check these out? On our website, LCP dash medical.com and there's all the information and you can actually order them right off of our website there's multiple options for filters and and basically the the consumer mask we we try to sell as a starter kit so the mask that uses the filter we prefer that people actually use the filter i, I know some of the other masks that are out there uh, when the filters are a hassle or they bunch up or, or come out or, or don't stand properly, they use people use them the, the first couple of times and then they don't replace them anymore. Right. Uh, so yeah, the filters, as you have said, as I've gathered with the talk of circuitry and things like that, the filters are an essential component of the mask. That gives you the best protection. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if you wear the mask without a filter, it's still better than not wearing a mask. Right. But you have reduced protection. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. You are now an adult man. You are an inventor. You are an engineer. You, through your life, you've developed this skill set. And then the pandemic happened. And you're like, how can I pivot to help this problem? But what I want to know is when you were, say, you know, six year old boy, a 10 year old boy. Um, did your teachers think this man, he is going to become an inventor and an engineer and he's going to help solve problems in the world? Um, I don't think they thought that. Um, <laughs> I was probably more thought of as a, as a smart aleck. <laughs> and, um, three, uh, three older siblings and two younger siblings. So I was kind of in the middle and uh, I did get thrown into some categories because of my older brothers. Oh, blame the brothers. <laughs> but um, when I was that age, um, I, I never had any thought to what I would do in the future. And actually, even when I was going to school, I never thought I would be doing what I am today. Mm. And, and that's one of the things that I try to, um, to work with on, on my sons is uh, it's a different world today from an education and a career path standpoint and um, how to, to find your own way um, is really, really important. And um, that, that's the biggest tip I can give to, to your parents, listeners, um, is don't try to predispose the, the boys to, to be a certain um, type of person or a certain career path or a certain um, intellectual type. Try to understand who they are and let them find their own way with you being a guide. 
Yes. And do not give up on them or assume that they're going to be trouble or not find success in life because you think they're a smart aleck when they're 10 years old. With, with all of my kids, there's been a lot of times when I have to convince myself that I really should like them. <laughs> <laughs> that you're supposed to like them. Um, you, you love them because you're a parent, but um, you, you also, um, there are things that they do or say or don't do that, that you don't have to like. And, yeah. Um, we actually have a podcast on that very topic, which we'll Excellent. include in the show notes. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much. I have learned a great deal today being a non-medical person, and uh, I'm going to be checking out your masks. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed speaking with you ladies. I just want to make sure, um, listeners, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I want to make sure that you know that website. Jim, can you tell us the website one more time, please? lcp-medical.com. All right. We still have a lot of cold and flu, RSV, hand, foot, and mouth, and yes, probably still some COVID ahead of us. So I'm going to do what I can to try and keep my boys, my family, my community safer this winter, and I hope you all will as well. Thanks for joining us at On Boys, and we hope you will check out the LCP Medical Masks. Use On Boys for your discount code and get 10% off of your order. Also, don't forget that app, Cozy, C-O-Z-I, going to get you organized and help you with meal prep. And we all need a little bit more of that. Thanks for listening. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.